0: This is a train wreck.
1: All right. Well, we are just going to have to stare uh, at yourself, Mike. Hopefully you're wearing pants. Hi, Mark. I'm wearing my thing.
0: (laughs) My thing pajamas.
1: Excellent. Oh, shit. I forgot half my stuff I was supposed to open. Well, well. <laughs> ah, shit! My uh, my sound pad audio is not going to work. <laughs> ah, what are you gonna do? What is that, Off to a good. That's what plays the music for you guys. <laughs> so I'll be able to hear it, but you won't. Oh, never mind. Val might be able to hear her uh news thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if she will. No. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't hear that, so I don't think it's going through. Yeah, I didn't hear it. I just played her famous turkey call.
0: <laughs> that made her famous.
1: <laughs> yes, that's what did it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started, and then uh, when you have to uh, swap over, Mike, we'll, um, we'll just do that. Sounds good. All right, so I'm gonna play the intro, guys, and uh, you're not gonna hear it. Come on, not Right. Welcome to All Your Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. Your host, Ryan Shane. It's a long and intro. Mike. It's a long intro. And we are back. Yeah, that, maybe we should trim that intro down a little bit <laughs> as you guys sit there in silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait wait a second. Oh, no, that didn't go through. Uh, my camera's not on, is it? Because I just spent that whole intro with my face in my hands. No, <laughs> uh, didn't see. No. That, All right. Well, welcome to "All You Need Is Blood" episode number one twelve, um, are the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com, dot com. And joining me, as always, are my co-hosts Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Uh, Mike, you're coming in through through some type of uh, archaic means of communication uh this week, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm at Val's apartment and I was going to
0: use her laptop, but it's doing updates. And when I turned on her laptop, she had Lifetime the website for Lifetime Channel up because she's watching Dance Moms. So <laughs> she just doesn't shut down her computer. She just closes the uh, the lid. Right. So, so that and yeah, so I'm just waiting on 81%. So I'm on
1: my phone right now. Okay, so we can uh, safely blame Val and Lifetime for this catastrophe.
0: Absolutely. More
1: more Lifetime than Val. But... Okay, all right, we got it. Excellent. Shane, how are you today?
2: I'm okay. I'm okay. Trying to get my sleeping pattern back after the uh, debacle that was Thursday. Early hours Friday. You hey. hey,
1: had a late one that day, huh?
2: Uh, yeah, you could say that because I had to do this... Um, Online screening event with Disney.
1: (laughs) I can't believe you did this. (laughs) Neither can I. Oh, this is my favorite podcast episode so far. I can't wait to hear this. I'm excited for it as a listener. I'm like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I should bring up that email. I I forgot to open that up. Uh, So anyway, um, we're the official podcast of upcoming horror movies.com. If you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can reach us at allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. The Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Instagram account, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. And if you're listening to us, it's on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in All You Need Is Blood and subscribe. Um, so, Shane, other than um, your late Friday night with your, uh, your screenings and stuff you had to go through, what else has been going on recently?
2: um was it friday <clears throat> friday i filmed some more maybe movies with max and sam um monday i went to my first live concert for two years wow. and saw an artist called a.a a. williams and she is absolutely amazing she's like a gothic version or a darker heavier gothic version of Tori Amos and Kate Bush. Um, There's lots of, it's very goth. Um, It's very dark and it's kind of beautiful. Also there's elements of old school 90s shoegaze in there as well. And like acoustic, lots of piano stuff. And the highlight for me wasn't necessarily the gig itself because the gig was amazing, but um, she had a dry ice machine and basically, we had to evacuate the premises because it set off the fire alarms in the in the venue. So literally, it was right after her set had finished as well, and she was signing merch. And um, it was hilarious. We just had security guys come up, "Everybody get out! Get out! Everyone get out!" And we're like, "Huh?" And the fire alarms going off. And basically, where people had been opening the doors. From the room where the gig was, it basically all the dry ice had basically travelled down, it set off all the sensors. So it was um essentially her fault that the smoke alarm went off and we had to evacuate for twenty five minutes. and um, they let us back in afterwards, which was really funny. So me and my buddy Darren, we went in, we got our stuff signed, and then we left. Um that's pretty good. Yeah, other than that, I have actually been watching stuff this week.
1: Oh, yeah, we should mention we're recording this on, what's today, October 3rd? Yeah. So we're right at the beginning of October, uh, despite whenever this episode actually releases, then people will know how long it takes me to do this. October 3rd. It's the (laughs) Halloween special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, how about you, Mike? You been getting into anything recently? Um, not anything really new. Um besides what we're gonna talk about today,
0: Midnight Mass. I've been uh doing my three hundred and sixty-five days of horror again. I don't know if I remember last time because I hate my wife. And um it's going well so far, aiming for like one movie a day. Last year I did hundred and fifty six movies just in October, so I burned out pretty hard after that. Um so I'm just giving it one movie a day and I'm seeing how this goes. Um I'm starting a new job soon, so I'm hoping my real life doesn't interfere with my movie watching, you know, and if it's gonna be a problem. I have to let them know that's not gonna work out if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've been uh for Halloween though, for the horror month, I've been mainly trying to focus on new movies. Um, so, uh, a lot of this year, I haven't been watching a lot of 2021 movies and I am going to try to, um, fix that. But other than Excellent. that, I've, we'll I've still been on. playing movies. I've been watching movies. I've been going to work and I have not been going to the gym. So that's my life. And I'm going to Florida this week. I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. And Universal Studios.
1: Nice. Probably oh. going to
0: get... Because Florida's a
1: festival of disease. Of everything. Not just disease. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'm at. Awesome. Um, myself, actually, last night, I went to the Mohegan Sun Casino and watched uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, oh. comedy show. Which was, was pretty that? great. Um, yeah, I, we received tickets uh, from my parents. They bought us tickets uh, for Christmas 2019. Why? Um, <laughs> so this was our Christmas 2019 present <clears throat> that we cashed in yesterday. So uh, that was pretty good. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen, like, a comedian. I think the last time I saw one was, like, Jerry Seinfeld, like, three years ago or something. <laughs> um, What's the deal? <laughs> that was his whole set every every line but sebastian manascala was pretty funny he's good good entertainment uh was glad to go there with my uh my brother and his wife we also went to a uh, brewery before that and um we're like all right we better get some food because you know it's gonna be like a late night and we have to eat before we like get on there and we looked around that brewery and there's only a few places that were open um and there's this indian restaurant we're like oh hell yeah we're gonna go to this indian restaurant i'll walk over pick it up bring it back to the brewery so of course we order food and i order the dumbest thing i could find on the menu just like the spiciest fucking goat dish they have i'm like yeah that'll do it that'll make me feel real good for the rest of the night um so i was well, it was right down the road from the brewery, just like uh, two blocks away. And I'm like, okay, I'll go walk down there. So as I'm walking down there, I'm looking around uh, downtown Norwich, Connecticut. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know this street. I know this plaza. I'm like, holy fuck. This is where they filmed remains. And this is the gutter I was laying in in zombie makeup. I'm oh, like, oh, go. my <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> oh, there we go. He's reminiscing about of glory days, man,
1: look. Oh, so I got to relive the greatness that was my acting career, Shane.
2: So, did you get drunk and fall in the gut?
1: <laughs> yeah, but that had nothing to do with remains. Oh, all really?
2: time.
0: <laughs> you laid there.
2: Oh, I was here once.
1: <laughs> I laid
2: here. Oh, I was an actor. Oh, okay. Back of
0: the road.
1: I bet you had people throwing dollars at and get a life, man. You know. Nobody's throwing dollars. It's, it's <laughs> socks full of quarters. It's <laughs> beating the shit out of you. <laughs> Never hitting you with yeah. socks full of quarters. <laughs> Downtown Norwich, maybe not the nicest place. It's Norwich, oh.
2: not Norwich.
1: Uh this is Connecticut, sir, and that's Norwich.
2: It's pronounced Norwich.
1: Uh wrong. Right. Listen, Norwich. You can't tell me <laughs> you can't tell me Norwich. how to say that, and you can't tell me how to say Worcester Mass. Even though it's spelled like Worcester. wait, what
2: Worcestershire?
1: Yeah, very similar to that. If you look up the town of uh, Worcester, it's it's Worcester, Massachusetts. It's actually pronounced Worcester. Yeah. (laughs) Val and I call it Worcestershire. It's more accurate. (laughs) That's the real how to say it. Hey, Val. Hi. Oh, uh, she is. Yeah, I usually just call it the Sheister Shyster Shosh. I was
0: upset about her because we just woke up.
1: Hmm. Oh, so yeah. Let's see. What else did I get do? Oh yeah, uh, Mike cursed me to purchase another version of Evil Dead. Thank you, okay. Mike. <laughs> the uh, the Evil Dead. Uh, what is it called? The Groovy Collection. Which I think is just uh, one and two and the um, the Ash vs. Evil Dead series in one box set on like 4K, I think.
2: Oh. I need to so get I... the Ash vs. Evil Dead box sets.
1: Yeah, they're good. I
2: love that show. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. The
0: oh,
1: mix wow. yeah.
0: Two of us.
1: What was that, Mike? So the makes two of us. I hated that show. So I get to spend more of my money on copies of things that I already own. Yeah, my, uh, my 4K uh, Zavi thing came in the other day.
0: Out of Steelbook? Yeah, and it was uh, – yeah, they sent me uh, an email the other day. They're like, hey, your, uh, your Steelbook's on its way. And I have, like, new, no recollection of what I ordered. And I was like, <laughs> hey, coming in? And then it's, like, I have, like, three or four copies of the thing – I didn't even like I opened it and I didn't even watch it yet, but I opened it and man, that thing's so cool. Posters and cards and shit that this is gonna go right back in the case, I'll never look at it again.
1: <laughs> I love that stuff. You open it up, you're like, wow, look at this. Well, that was- that's the end of that. <laughs> <sighs> oh fuck. Um all right, boys. I did not write anything down for news. Uh maybe I should have, but I didn't. So, I have no information to spill out. Um pretty much just have uh some uh some stuff on October watchings, and I know uh Shane, you've got some uh some reports you want to do. Um do you want to start with your your Friday special? Uh. Do we really have to Yes. You do. Oh, for so, fuck a, sakes. a little you know, background. You like, have, um, yeah, you give us the background. Alright, I'll give you the background. So about uh, what is this? It says eleven days ago, I received an email from uh, Disney Channel Events at Disney.com um, inviting the podcast well. to a scare <laughs> to a scary good time for a Disney-branded television kickoff Halloween Scream season event with a spooktacular virtual premiere of the Disney Channel original movie Under Wraps. And I'm like, how the fuck did we get on Disney Channel's radar that they they want to invite us for a fucking screening? <laughs> so we all had a good laugh about it, and then Shane said, "Oh, uh, I'll do it. <laughs> So uh, we signed Shane up to be part of the Disney Channel premiere of Under Wraps. And I cannot wait to hear how that went. So, Shane, how was uh, how was the event? All
2: right. Well, I'll give you the lowdown of what actually happened. Basically, I signed in and it was on a Zoom call with the cast and the director and the presenter of this online thing. And they started off, it all seemed pretty Pretty well, it was well organized. I'll give it that. Um, but basically, it was just members of the cast answering questions throughout the movie. And, you know, we were like having a the QA. There was the QA. There was also a Halloween quiz, which I flunked badly. I thought, <laughs> I've got this, you know, it's like all things horror related, all things Halloween. No, I flunked it badly. I. The first question I Got within seconds, and I was in the top three. You know, and by the end of it, I came thirty third, because um, I got an abundance of questions wrong, which was actually quite funny. I did find it quite funny.
1: <laughs> what but, were, what um, were the kind of questions they were asking? So, what color
2: pumpkins are there not? And uh, it was multiple choice, right? So the the questions were red blue orange or white so i chose blue thinking oh, i'd never sell a blue no, pumpkin in my life red. yeah it's red
1: yes <laughs>
2: i got that wrong um Shane,
1: i have a blue pumpkin on my steps i bought one yesterday
2: then you're going to have to post a photo of it cuz i've never seen a blue pumpkin in my fucking all right
1: I'll, I'll post it <laughs>
2: yeah you got to do that um but yeah, I mean, it was all Halloween-related and stuff, you know. So it was like, when did Halloween first start? And oh my god, 1840 in Ireland. So I never knew that. Um, and how many colors of M&Ms are there for Halloween? Apparently, there are 25. I didn't know that either. So it's basically it was all Halloween-related, and it was there was lots of Candy and sort of pumpkins and all that kind of stuff, all related in the questions, which was kind of fun and also quite insightful. And I was like, "Oh wow, I'm learning shit here," you know. But um, yeah, the Q and A was quite quite good fun as well because we had because obviously the, the the main cast of the movie itself is centered around three kids and a mummy, so it's. Um, the kids were quite insightful. They were like dropping stuff that they did throughout the movie during the making process, which was quite good fun. But um, all right, the, synopsis oh, the, movie, the synopsis for the movie: well, it's directed by Alex Zam, uh, written by William Robertson, Alex Zam, and Don Reimer, based on the movie written by. Because I didn't realise that this is actually a remake. It's a reboot of a movie that came out in nineteen ninety seven on the Disney Channel. And this is stuff I learned as well. And it stars Malachi Barton, Christian J. Simon, and Sophia Hammonds. And obviously, there's a few other people in there as well. But this is essentially friends Marshall, Gilbert, and Amy accidentally revive and release a mummy from its sarcophagus in the days leading up to Halloween. At first, terrified, they quickly learn that the mummy, who they affectionately name Harold, is actually very sweet and in dire need of assistance. So basically, the general synopsis of the movie is: um, the kids find out. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, the kids find out that one of their neighbours is a thief, and what uh, the kid Malachi basically he um, or Marshall, sorry, he finds out or he sees his neighbour carrying something that looks like a sarcophagus under cover of night into his house. Um. And he tells his friend, and there's this young girl who basically involves herself in the conversation. And they end up going into the house, and un- inadvertently, they open up the sarc- sarcophagus. And when moonlight hits the amulet this mummy is wearing, it reanimates him. And you know, it's like hilarity ensues. The mummy follows the kids out of the house. You know, he's obviously. Yeah, he needs help for some reason. But basically, they've they've come to the conclusion he needs to be back at the museum, at the mummy exhibit, Um, because if he doesn't go back to the museum, he will turn to dust. And he has to be there by midnight on Halloween. So what follows is an amusing little anecdote of kids trying to escape thieves and getting the mummy to take part in various schemes with them so they can get him back to the um, museum. Um, Personally, I thought this film was a bit Scooby-Doo-ish. It could have been (laughs) a live action Scooby-Doo episode. Seriously, not joking um because it had that whole Scooby-Doo vibe about it um which was kind of entertaining if you were 11 or if you were a kid who was like who loved Scooby-Doo personally i didn't think it was the greatest movie but kids will absolutely love it there's a few horror references in there there's a Friday the 13th reference in there um you know, there's, like, a Halloween... Obviously, there's a Halloween reference in there. But, overall, I gave the... I would give the film a five out of ten, simply because, obviously, it was aimed at kids. There wasn't a massive amount of, like, adult humour in there, because usually you get you get films, you get kids' films, and they have adult humour thrown in, But obviously, with this being a Disney movie. Um that was not the case. But, um, it it was, there was, you have your geeky, um, Halloween shop owner, and then you've got the mummy who's, um, has an obsession with hot sauce. He discovers pizza for the first time and gets given hot sauce and basically falls in love with hot sauce. So you get scenes with the mummy, just drinking bottles of hot sauce in the movie. and just throw that in there. Um, and then it's all about, it's basically him trying to get back to his uh, mummy princess. And, um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. And then there's also scenes where the mummy ends up getting into a dance-off with a school teacher at the school, um, school Halloween party, which somehow makes the internet. And um, when they get back, when they get him back to the... Uh, museum there's a new report saying basically the mummy has been found it's been replaced and um they said the curious thing he's found with a bottle of hot sauce in his hands so um i mean some of the effects were good it was it's it's a kids film you know overall um and it was it wasn't bad what it was i mean if i was about 30 years younger i would probably laugh my ass off but being 47 no not so much um (laughs) but it wasn't a bad movie i just didn't find it as funny as what kids would so kids will love it um my maybe some adults will enjoy it but overall it was it was okay it was okay
1: and you didn't embarrass the podcast at all, then, Shane?
2: No. Well, the thing is, what was really funny is because I didn't actually have a chance to ask any questions because while they were doing the um, Q&A, we were doing the game as well. So it was, obviously, I said I was from All You Need Is Blood um, in the chat. So um, nothing, no one really acknowledged it, to be quite honest with you. Those bastards. Because there was like like 94 other people in the chat. So you had the cast, you had the director, you had the host. And then there was like 89 other people who were in there. Just like answering questions and like dropping questions to the cast and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there was that. And it didn't, it started the... The thing started at two a.m. So, <laughs> uh, So for me, I'm sitting there thinking. I, I posted on Twitter. I'm half an hour away from like watching some Disney thing called Under Wraps, and I'm tempted to sack it all off and fuck off to bed because I was quite tired. But then I thought, no, I'll stick it out. I'll I'll stick this fucker out, and I'll get on with it. And I did. And I got to bed, I, well, I got to sleep at about 5 a.m. And ever since, my sleeping pattern has been completely fucked. Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah. So it's safe to say that this Disney Channel movie maybe ruined your life. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. There is that. But, um, I mean, overall, you know, it was it was cool to be part of something like that. Because the way I see it, now that Disney have bought out Fox and a couple of other movie companies, there is a distinct possibility that we may get the heads up on lots of new movies that are coming out, specifically horror-related. Because they bought out Fox, which owns Alien and you know all the other really cool fucking shit that we used to love or that we still do love like from years ago. So there is a chance that we may actually get some really cool shit sent our way.
1: Well, I want to congratulate you, Shane, for being the first member of this podcast to attend a virtual premiere and uh, and uh, actually go through with one of these things. Because I think this is the first time anyone's ever done it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like I said to you in the, in our chat, it's like, I mean, what I want to know is how the fuck we got acknowledged by Disney in the first place.
1: I have no idea. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the 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 stuff that we usually get notified about, you know, it's about random horror movies or uh, indie movies and stuff that come out. It's almost never anything uh, child-related, rightfully so.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for us to get acknowledged by Disney is pretty major, I'd say. It's
1: a major it's, award.
2: Yeah, and it's... <laughs>
0: a major award.
2: Yeah, it's worth... Um, it's worth checking out, you know, it's worth keeping an eye on for future reference.
1: Well, we'll make sure that we, uh, we tag Disney and, uh, and Marvel when we put this out. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. hashtag them. Yes. Yeah.
2: Cause, um, apparently <laughs> there is something to do with the hashtag under wraps. So it gets I'll ignored.
1: put it in there. But yeah, so it's, um, and hopefully they don't listen to the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But, you know, it's one of those things It it's cool to be part of. And, you know, it was nice to actually have us being acknowledged by, you know, a major company. So they probably just looked at us and saw the name. All you need is blood. Probably looked at all our followers and thought, oh, yeah, they're up and coming. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be cool. We'll get them in on it without actually listening to any of our episodes.
1: Right? Why would
2: they? Well, this is the thing. They'll probably take one look at an episode and strike them off the PR list. You
1: know, <laughs> oops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did we get those on there? That was a bit naughty. But yeah, great. Right. Yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, entertaining, interesting premise behind the whole thing. So. Yeah.
1: Awesome. All right, cool. Um, so what do you guys want to do? you want to talk about some of our other October stuff that we've been doing? Or uh, do you want to uh, get into the uh, series you guys had watched?
0: Well, um, if you're talking about the series that we watched, um, I'm going to have to... When you do spoilers, I'm going to have to peace out for like... Because ah. I'm only on episode... I'm going into episode six right
1: now. Okay, well, well yeah, maybe well, we'll, save, we'll save that Midnight Mass for the end, and we'll just go into some October nonsense first. How about that? Sure. Ugh. All right. I oh, was actually going so... to
2: suggest not dropping any spoilers for Midnight
0: Mass because Mike hasn't watched it all yet. Right. I'll just – no, you guys can talk about it.
1: I'll just lower the volume. You guys can let me know when you're done. <laughs> well, I've watched okay. nothing, so <laughs> – <laughs> That's all right. All right, we'll do a little October uh, October goodness first. So um, it is October, and I am participating in the 31 Days of Horror, um, and that's a little game hosted by the uh, upcoming um on uh, either their Facebook or on uh, the, the website itself. And uh, I got um, Mike Wilber's rules that he posted up, uh, so I was just going to go through those quick and see if people wanted to play along since it's so early in the month still. Uh, So Mike's rules here are no short films, no shows, Uh, they must be full-length features. Um, Movies don't exactly have to be horror. They can be dark fantasies, thrillers, or even family-friendly, Shane. Uh, As long as it's semi-horror or horror-ish theme, it will count. If you want to participate, uh, keep track of everything you watch, either by making a letterboxed list or an IMDb list. And uh, you can uh, also keep track on the upcoming horror movies.com forums as well. There's a thread on there um, that uh, Mike has made. And uh, November 1st, all the movies will be tallied and the participants will be awarded their prizes, which are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I do these, uh, a lot of times I like to make themes for different days. It's sort of, I don't know, I find it keeps me... Um, It keeps me interested in bouncing around so I don't get, like, locked into watching, you know, like, 30 slashers in a row. I'll just, I'll, like, force myself to watch a different type of movie every day. Um, So, for myself, I decided to make my full week um, makeup, and I got uh, Mondays or Full Moon Mondays, uh, Tarantula Tuesdays, where it's not just tarantulas, but any spider movie. (laughs) I've got uh, Water Horror Wednesdays. Uh, Phantasm Thursdays, which I'm really looking forward to, um, Foreign Fridays, Satanic Saturdays, and Wild Card Sundays, where Sunday's just whatever the fuck I feel like watching. So, um, that's my plans for October. I don't know if, uh, you guys, do you guys have anything set up like that? I know, Shane, you had mentioned you want to try to watch some Carpenter films this October.
2: <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna have a, I'm just gonna have a Carpenter day. Um that's it, I'm just going to binge watch Carpenter movies all day and that will be saved for Halloween because the film Halloween will be my watch as the last movie of the night. Because mm. Every time I do this, I mean, I used to take part in it quite regularly years ago, but the last few years, I've kind of, because I watch so much horror every day throughout the year, I try not to watch... It's weird. I try not to watch too much horror during October. But um, this year, my day is already set. I mean, I'm going to be literally watching John Carpenter movies from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. So um, that will be it, and because I am a huge fan of John Carpenter's work. Um, but, yeah, my day on Halloween will end with the original 1978 version of Halloween. No. Throughout uh, the rest uh, of the month Yes. Throughout the rest of the month <laughs> I'll just watch random movies that I'm in the mood for. I mean, last night I didn't watch any Blu-rays of my own. I watched a film called Nails on the Horror Channel. Um which was what the premise of what I caught was a woman was involved in some kind of accident accident. When in fact it was a supernatural creature called Nails, who basically kicked the fuck out of her. And he has a history of killing people when they're after they've died. So for instance, if they've been in an accident and they have died, when they get revived, Nails is there to haunt them and to kill them off. So it's kind of like a version of the Grim Reaper. And it was set in Ireland, so it is an Irish horror movie.
1: Mm, never heard of it.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's quite creepy. Um, it was uh, I wouldn't say it was gory. It was like the gore is more implied, but you do see people getting sliced up and thrown around. And the guy who had nails, he's he's got a backstory in there, but. The guy who who they call nails, basically the tips of his fingers had been removed, leaving just the bones. So it was like when he's attacking them, he's basically sharpened the bones up on the end of his fingers. So he's like attacking people by clawing them and stuff. And picking them up and throwing them around like ragdolls and shit like that. It's actually not that some of the effects, I mean, obviously it was a bit hokey. It was very Obviously, it was a low-budget movie, and the CGI in it wasn't exactly great, but some of the practical effects in there look pretty good, like the makeup effects. Um, the main character in it, this woman, basically, where she's been in the accident, she's she's had to have a tracheotomy. So, basically, she gets her daughter to pull the tube out of her throat, so she's got this gaping wound in her throat, and she covers it up so she can speak. That was kind of weird.
1: <laughs> weird. But
2: yeah, I watched that last night. Um, on Halloween itself, I watched. No, on October. F- no, I didn't. Did I watch anything Friday night? Because I, I was Thursday. Because I was.
1: You watched that Dizzy Channel event, Shane.
2: That was early hours in the morning, and we're talking about Friday night.
1: Oh. Um
2: Trying to remember if I actually watched anything, I can't remember if I did. See, this is the beauty; my memory is kind of shit.
1: See, now if just... Shane participated in this event and recorded the things he watched in a list, then he would know.
2: Yeah, whatever. Anyway,
1: <laughs> um, what was it? I
2: watched? Um... Oh yeah, that's it. I watched a film called um, "No One Gets Out Alive" mm-hmm. on Netflix. And, um, hang on, let me just pull
1: this up. Nice. So, so while Shane's looking that up, Mike, uh, do you have any uh, plans for the month or are you just going with your uh, 365 plan?
0: So, I'm kind of doing both. Um, like I said before, I'm trying to focus on uh, new 2021 movies because I haven't seen a lot of them. Like, you know, Candyman came out, and I guess others that I... Oh, the Prisoners of the Ghost Land, like, I wanted to eventually check out. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to mainly focus on 2021 horror movies, and just for this month. But, you know, also, you know, I may... If I'm doing more than one movie, I'm going to check out a older one. Um, like, yesterday, I didn't I didn't watch anything new. I was just kind of at Val's, and we watched two... Uh, Older films, um, see, well, which I'll, I mean, get into when we're actually talking about it. Unless you want me to get into it now, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just kind of just going with the flow. I'm trying to make it as like less like stressful as I can because the more pressure I put into this, <laughs> I'm just gonna stop doing it. So. If I'm too worried about or too focused on what I'm gonna watch and this and that, I'm like, fuck, I, you know, I gotta watch a vampire movie today. And, you know, watch something really shitty and then not want to do it anymore. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that I don't mind. Yeah, I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the the post on uh, on the UHM site, Mike. And uh, yesterday, Mike Wilbur watched eight movies. Holy shit! Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I think
0: on Halloween last year, I think I watched 10. Wow. I think. But it was it was just ridiculous. And then November 1st came, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I hate horror movies. Hey, I don't like horror movies anymore.
1: <laughs> I can remember,
2: actually, a couple of years back, I, I didn't watch any horror movies throughout October. Actually, no, it was about three years ago. I just didn't watch any horror movies at all for about three, four months and it got to christmas and i was like i'll just stick krampus on and that was the first horror movie i watched in about four months wow. and i think it was just i think that was just after my mother had passed away as well so i wasn't i was in no mood for any kind of horror movies or tv shows or anything and i was just sitting at home thinking mm, what can i watch what can i do you know and i think i went out a lot and i was seeing people post about horror movies and i was like no i don't want to watch, i don't want to watch anything so there was literally a period where I watched no horror movies at all throughout October. Um, but then it was like, it got to the new year of 2018, I think it was. And I was like, fucking bring it on. Bring on the gore.
0: What about you, Ryan? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are you doing for the
1: month? Uh, well, I already went over my days. I could say what I've watched so far. Well, what uh, about.
0: I'm- have any movies like planned that you know for sure going you're going to check out?
1: So uh, I know well. I when Halloween Kills comes out, I'm probably gonna have to sign up for fucking Peacock, and I'm torrenting that. Um, oh gonna... yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I'm not signing up for another service for one movie that I'm probably not gonna enjoy. Like
1: <laughs> I know that's the thing, but I feel like I have to watch that. Um, I'm saying if...
2: that fucker at the cinema. I've already got my tickets booked.
1: There you go. And other than that, I got the Phantasm movies. I'm going to make it through them. I'm finally going to watch all of them, Mike. That's one want, of my October
0: goals. Hey, come on, man. From one guy to another, you don't need to see the last one. Five, Ravikou. You don't
2: need to watch any of them because they're all shit.
0: <laughs> From what I remember reading, the fifth one wasn't even supposed to be a Phantasm movie oh, at first. Oh, no. They kind of shoehorned it in.
1: A Hellraiser, huh?
0: Yeah. From what I remember reading, that may not be true. But it's it's so fucking terrible, and it's such a shame, man. It's the last one with scrim. He's like a thousand years old. He's finally filming for like five minutes at a time because he's his heart's stopping, and this is what comes
1: out.
2: You got to pay yeah. Fribs, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> well, uh, part of the reason I'm watching it, Mike, is because I did pick up the uh, I forgot who put it out. It's it's a Phantasm Sphere with all the movies in it. Uh, is nah. it the uh, Arrow one? Because I have the Arrow one that comes with the sphere. I, it may be Arrow. That might be the one. Um, I also have one from, like, 20 years ago, I think, from Anchor Bay that has the first four. Hmm. Um, I was going
2: to say, didn't how many spheres have you got from Phantasm, Ryan? This, this, remember... this
1: is my second Phantasm sphere. <laughs> I was going to
2: say, because I, I can remember looking through your photos fucking years ago, and I was like, is that a Phantasm sphere? And you were like, yeah, well spotted. I was like, I know.
0: That just reminded me that there's a new one out in Best Buy. They have a new, like, Phantasm Sphere set.
1: That's the one I'm thinking. Like, I just got it in, so I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so I I have a new one, but the old one I got years and years ago that didn't have five in it. So... Which is uh, the sought-after one, I'm assuming. I don't know. Um, Oh, because it doesn't have five? Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, those. I don't know. I've got some other ones that I have like just notes written down, like, oh, I intend on watching these. Um, like, uh, I, I know I wanted to watch some more recent movies that I hadn't uh, got to yet, like uh, The Unholy. I watched that. Uh, St. Maud. Um, uh, I wanted to watch, uh, what's that one with uh, Twilight Girl, Underwater.
2: Um, I really enjoyed that movie.
1: Yes, you know, just some uh, some more modern movies that I had not gotten to yet. Um, so that's kind of what I got on my list. It's not a, a, a full list that I have. I just wrote down like notes of like, you know, put these on these days, or otherwise I'll forget them. So uh, yeah, let me run through a couple that I got. So um, I mentioned I watched The Unholy Mike, and I know you covered this earlier this year. Yeah. And, uh, I want to say it's maybe the most disappointing movie, um, easily that I've watched this year. Um, maybe more disappointing than a lot of other films that I've seen. Like, it has, like, the best fucking cast with terrible performances. Um, the premise is so good, but the story is so lame. Like, it has so much potential, and it it was just a huge pile of shit. Yeah. Um, All around piss poor, the ending sucked. Um, The fucking jump scares were so obnoxious. So, um, I I thought about this because I gave it the same rating um, that I gave Baby Oopsie. (laughs) Um, But, here's the thing. I kind of liked Baby Oopsie better. Because there's no world where the baby oopsie movie is going to be like a nine out of ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like premise alone, it's full moon. It's got no budget. It's got no actors that are in other things. You know, it's shot for, for zero dollars. It's about a rubber puppet killing people. You know, <laughs> it's it's going to be goofy and dumb. And they set out to make a goofy and dumb movie. And you know what? They did. But The Unholy, on the other hand, it has a great cast, they got a big budget, they've got all this potential, and it's just fucking squandered shit. So, like, I have an easier time recommending Baby Oopsie over The Unholy, because people who want to watch Baby Oopsie are gonna enjoy it. And no one's gonna enjoy The Unholy.
0: Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I don't know if you re-listened to that podcast episode or not, but I forget what rating I gave it. But I'm the same way as you, man. The the trailers made it seem like some great religious horror experience that I was so hyped up for. And then when Val, Val and I walked out of the theater, we were like, that was not good. It, the performances sucked. The story was awesome. But then you, it's just, ugh, it just fell apart. And it's yeah. PG-13s. What are you doing? You know? Like, what are you... What? We're in 2021. If there's a horror movie, you make it rated R. You throw two fucks
1: in there, and you make it rated R. Yes, obviously. I mean, it, in that movie, it didn't necessarily need, like, gore or anything like that. You, you could have gone, you know, uh, toned down. I didn't think, you know, th- uh, that that detrimented the movie. But I think uh, being, you know, a shitty uh I don't know shitty jump scares and the fucking how you get a bad performance out of William Sadler I don't know but this director managed to do it <laughs> like I don't know if he just put in all of his off takes or whatever but it was not good Jeffrey Dean Morgan sucked in it yeah <laughs> I I hated that final line of the
0: movie or cuz he's the in the whole movie you know he's an atheist and everything and then the very last and I believe in God and this thing made me so cringe in the movie theater. And because they were, like, talking in the very last line, Jeffrey D. Morgan's like, you know, they're like, so why do you believe that? And he's like, just call it faith. And the movie ends. I'm like, go fuck yourself. And the audience stands <laughs> up and boos. Boo. Yeah. Like, Come on. I'm like, that is so stupid.
1: Yeah, it's very cliched. Not, I was not a fan of that. So, um Yeah. That's one of the ones that I watched. Uh, how about how about you, uh, Mike? Do you watch anything?
0: So um, I, on October 1st, I only watched um, one movie because I was watching Midnight Mass in between. And um I'm trying to pull up my IMDb thing here as I'm talking. But uh, I watched a movie called The Sound of Violence. Mm-hmm. and i literally just googled 2021 horror movies to see what's come out i'm trying to save like candy man and all the bigger ones for like later in the month and after i go on vacation and such um i'm also trying to get val to watch candy man because she said she doesn't want to watch it so i'm gonna try to make her watch it um so i watched uh sound of violence which is about a woman who kind of Gets off, not sexually, but like gets off on the sound of violence, hence the name. And I'm not going to go into like the super details of it because the movie was not good. Um, it starts off with this uh, kind of cool intro scene where this little girl, she's deaf, but she kind of she wasn't born deaf, so she can kind of speak, and she witnesses her father just straight up murder her mother because he just came back from um, action in Afghanistan or something. What the
1: hell? (laughs) Oh, sorry. There's some motorcycles going by. And there's also, my neighbor is uh, using a chainsaw and a wood chipper. Like, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Yeah, perfect time to do it. Right outside my window.
0: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so it evolves from there that she she ends up killing her father. And this is all in the beginning. I'm not spoiling anything. But she ends up murdering her father, and she kind of gets this, like, euphoric feeling And the rest of her life, she's kind of trying to chase after. It's like a drug. It's like I hear when you do heroin for the first time, you get this massive high. You feel amazing. And the reason why there's heroin addicts is because they're trying to chase after that first high. Obviously, I'm the whitest person in the world. I've never done that before. That could be wrong. But that is kind of like how this movie is, where she's trying to find that perfect sound to give her that same euphoric feeling again, how she felt when she was killing her father. Um, It sounds good on paper. The effects are pretty good. There's a lot of good close-up, gory effects. And I was like, eh, at times. The kills are pretty good. But the story itself and the characters are terrible. Um, You don't like pretty much anyone in this movie. The son of Mick Jagger is in it, which I didn't even know he was an actor. And I guess he is. And he sucks in it. Um And the ending just blows. And I'm not even over-exaggerating that. The ending sucks. It doesn't make a lick of sense, and I was annoyed just having to watch it. But overall, I'd give The Sound of Violence, which I think was streaming on Showtime? I'd give that, or Prime, I don't know. I'd give that a a 4 out of 10. Mm. If you're looking for 2021 horror movies, I would not recommend The Sound of Violence. I would watch The Sound of Metal instead, which is a non horror movie that is fucking fantastic that came out like (laughs) last year this year. About a guy who's in a metal band who loses his hearing, and it's incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that one.
0: It's a great movie, great performances. I think it got nominated for an Oscar. But yeah, don't watch Sound of Violence unless you like really shitty made. Like you said, you were talking about Baby Oopsie, and it's like, you know, you're going to watch a movie, and you're expecting to get a rubber puppet killing people. Right, and it happens. And it happens. <laughs> and this movie, like, it takes itself so seriously, and that's what I don't like about modern horror a lot, and how I can just watch a really bad 80s horror movie and have a time in my life, is that movies nowadays take themselves so seriously, and it's just, it ruins it, because it's, it's silly. You know what I mean? It's it's a bad, just a bad overall movie, and I just don't respect movies like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it makes it worse. Yeah. So that's what I watch on October 1st. Um, I'll wait till Shane goes and you go again. I'll talk about what I watched yesterday.
1: Okay. You got another one you want to talk about, Shane? Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about No One Gets Out Alive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, no, wait. Mentioned- you did Nails. That's right. Yes, I talked
2: about nails. Um, I was going to mention no one gets out alive, but then you guys went off on a what you watched and all that kind of stuff. So that's all good because I was Fair I was looking for I was looking for on an IMDb anyway. But yeah, no one gets out alive. It's essentially about a woman who's an immigrant in search of an, the American dream, and after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. Well, basically, it's about a young woman. She's um, I think she's kind of like uh, Iranian American because she can speak American quite fluently as well. But basically, she moves into this house, and there's basically you've got your creepy landlord there who basically says, "Right, it's this is your room. You know, there's only one other person here. Bloody about all this kind of stuff." And um, basically, the other tenants in the in the rooms they go missing. And this young, this woman basically works out that there's something not quite right. So she starts investigating around the house, finds out that um, the owner of the house and his brother are basically, they're essentially they're sacrificing these girls as part of uh, some kind of satanic ritual. So they do it in order to gain strength because what the older guy he's ill, the older brother is ill. so he's the one who's basically in, instigating like sacrificing these women. and it's essentially a ghost story. So the ghosts of these women are inhabiting this house and they're trying to warn this young this young woman to, to get out basically and um, she finds out that the other housemates that are in there, they are being earmarked to be sacrifices um, to some deity or whatever it is. Um, But as they're doing it, the older brother gets all the strength. So anything that was wrong with him, he gets their life force, if you see what I mean. Um, So basically this girl she keeps right basically all the women in this in this film they have these nightmares that involves a concrete box like a, um like an, a very elaborate looking box that opens up and hands crawl out of it and that's where they wake up so she finds out or she keeps having flashbacks of her dead mother and her mother in one of these flashbacks basically says what's that over there pointing to this box and it turns out all the women in this film are having dreams about this box and you know they're at home with their loved ones and like they're hugging their loved ones and they keep seeing this box so basically this old this the the landlord um his brother are basically taking These women killing them in order to appease this deity. So it's, um, I mean, some of it is quite. It's it says on the IMDb page it's like rated R for some strong violence, grisly images, and languages. And some of it is pretty gory. You know, it's I wouldn't say it was out and out gore, but there's some pretty horrific. And brutal scenes in it. Um, it was uh, an interesting, there's an interesting twist. Well, I wouldn't say it was a twist. It's kind of like, a, oh, okay. You know, that sort of women gets the com- uh, women gets their own back kind of thing at the end of the movie. But um, everybody who gets killed by this deity um, haunts the house. So it's, um, I found it quite interesting how the, um, the landlord, he's kind of, he's kind of a sympathetic type and he wants to go against his brother, but he's like, he's my brother, so I'm going to help him kind of deal. And then this woman, basically, she gets chosen, she's put on this altar and you know, all was going really, really well until the creature appears. And the creature is kind of like a really poor-looking CGI kind of beast. It's it's got the face of um, of ch- a cherub, and it basically expands and turns into like some kind of giant slug thing with lots of hands. And basically, in 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 no uncertain terms, it eat the head of each of the victims so basically it picks it up it's got there's like four two sets of hands so it uses one set of hand to crawl then it uses the other set of hands that comes out of something that looks like a vagina
1: um
2: that pulls the head up and then it basically opens up into a and then it just bites the head off um and then it crawls back into the box yeah i'll go into spoilers here but basically the woman in the film at the start of the movie she gets her she gets her revenge by killing the older brother then she gets the other guy onto the thing and he's basically telling her you don't want to do this you don't want to do this you know And just as he's about to say the last thing, she won't let you, his head gets bitten off. But essentially, she's been injured. Her foot has been broken, properly mangled up by the older brother. And what she doesn't realise is that the deity grants the person who controls it the power of regeneration and health. So as she's trying to walk out of the house, you just see her ankle just straighten up. And she you see her surge, her whole body surges with, like, power. And that's when she realises, okay, I could get my own back on people. You know, people who have been cruel or evil. You know, she can basically off them. So that was about it. I'd give the film, I'd give it a six out of ten. It wasn't... Um, wasn't as riveting as I thought it would be, but you know, some of the the premise behind it wasn't too bad. It's actually based on a novel by Adam Neville. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome! This is on uh, Netflix, right, Shane?
2: Yeah, it's on Netflix, <laughs> and it's a 2021 movie. It's an R-rated movie, so
1: that might be worth checking out. Yeah, worth a watch. Awesome. So, um, another one I watched uh, yesterday, uh, and this was a a surprise for me, sort of shocking when I watched it. Um, It's called uh, The Devil's Machine. And full disclosure on this, uh, my mom bought me uh, a copy of this at the dollar store, (laughs) uh, I believe for $1, and it had a picture of like a robot devil on the front. And... I literally didn't read the back. I just looked at the front cover, saw the Devil's Machine, and I'm like, "All right, what the hell? Let's throw this bad boy in." Uh <laughs> I like I so I didn't even look at it. I had no idea what it was about. I popped it in and the movie starts and um I immediately don't know what's going on. Um and there's a bunch of like British redcoats, you know, back in the 1700s or whatever. And uh, I think they're in a battle with what I believe are, is a Scottish army. I'm not too sure. I know nothing of history. <laughs> but I know that these these two groups are fighting each other. And there's a pretty bloody battle in the beginning. And um, I think the Scots come, well, walk away with a, uh, a, a box that has some type of device in it. And I'm imagining that's the Devil's Machine. So then the credits start to roll. And... And up pops, uh, direct written, and directed by Laurie Brewster, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know Laurie Brewster. He's the guy that made Lord of Tears, and I'm like, I'm like friends with him on Facebook. So I go online and I see that this movie's retitled. It used to be Automata, which um, is how I've known like him, advertise it and talk about it. I had no idea it was retitled The Devil's Machine. Um, he's also done The Unkindness of Ravens, The Black Gloves, a bunch of other, uh, Scottish movies, and I was, like, (laughs) I was shocked and embarrassed that I didn't realize that this was his movie, (laughs) and the cover that has, like, a robot Satan on it has nothing to do with anything that's in the movie, there's nothing like that, this is, like, a a half-period dramatic piece, and the other half takes place in the modern day. Um so I was like just absolutely in shock that I knew one I knew the person who made this movie, and two, it was actually like on my like Amazon wish list, and my mom gave it to me from the dollar store. I'm like, oh my God, my God, it was meant to Did be- you
2: delete him afterwards. what's that? Did you delete him afterwards?
1: No, 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 it was actually i i I actually enjoyed the movie quite a bit um. So if you if you've ever watched any of his films, uh, he wears his influences right on his sleeve. He's a big like Argento fan and Alfred Hitchcock. His movies are just completely full of like that type of camera work. Lots of beautiful colors. There's even a little bit of Fulci in this movie, um, and the performances were actually pretty good. The story is, it, I'm gonna say, difficult to follow um, in that. It's, it takes place in two timelines, like 300 years ago and today. And, like, you know, the story sort of unravels on both. And there's, like, this weird, like, dreamlike quality where the modern-day characters will, like, see the events of the past or perhaps be thrown into the events of the past in this mansion. And um, the whole plot revolves around this doll uh, that a guy had made. um I guess, to, to be like his daughter back 300 years ago, and it's the most um, accurate automaton ever made, and then it can perform certain tasks. And if the main character, who is like a, uh, a an antique expert in the modern day, if he's able to figure out how to get this doll to repeat those tasks, then, I don't know, he gets money or something. Um so uh, he's trying to figure that out, and he's living with his stepdaughter in this mansion. They're by themselves, and he's trying to figure out how to get this doll to work. But the doll is it, its it, it, an actress, you know, being very still, <laughs> impressively still for most of the movie. And You're like, oh, my God, that lady can hold a pose. Um, so he's going through trying to figure it out. There's a lot of weird shit that happens in the movie. Um <laughs> A lot of it has to do with the father and his stepdaughter and a very sexual tension ain't ratcheting up every minute of the film. Like, you're like, these two are going to bone. This is like some Pornhub, my stepdaughter type shit happening. It is, it is very, ex- I mean, not explicit. There's no nudity in it. But you're like, yeah, this is going to happen. <laughs> um. But yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of weird stuff, dreamlike stuff. Um, I thought the shots were great. I thought the performances were great. The movie all comes together in the end. You sort of see where it's going. Although it does have, like, I think, like, three spots where the movie could have ended. And they just keep going and tacking endings on. And I'm like, all right, we're, we got enough here. We don't have to have, like, three or four endings. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. And... Uh, for the price for a dollar, I highly recommend going out and getting the Devil's Machine, uh, or Automata as it's you know known probably elsewhere in the world. You sold so, uh, me. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's real low budget, though, so you have to sort of understand that going in. Um, but it was good. I liked it. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. What do you have next, Mike? Um,
0: well, yesterday uh, Val and I were looking through Shutter um and we stumbled across absentia by mike flanagan great movie Um, what great movie yeah and um so i've seen this only once before and i remember loving it and i think i i saw it around when it came out it was like 2011 2012 i didn't know who mike flanagan was and since i've been watching midnight mass I was like, well, might as well see, you know, his early, earlier films. And then when I I went on his IMDb and he's been making movies since like 2000. And I didn't know that I was like, I thought this was literally his first movie, but I was wrong. Um, So Val, Val's never seen Absentia before. I was always hyping it up as being this great movie. I, I always loved it, but I've only seen it once. You know how it is. And you no, know, we sat down and we watched it, and she ended up really liking it. I still love this movie. Um, it's about a woman who is declaring her husband dead in absentia uh, because he went missing, and her drug addict or ex drug addict sister is staying with her, and her sister's kind of there to help her move out of her apartment and try to move on with her life after declaring her husband dead he's been missing for seven years so i guess i don't know if that's the like time limit you need to uh declare yeah, in somebody the, dead. in the
2: not. uk in the uk it's, um, if a person is missing for seven years they are legally declared dead Oh, okay
0: so yeah she's uh she's been delivered a death certificate and she's just trying to move on with her life she's kind of dating this cop who's been helping her with this whole thing and uh, they go out for a date one time, and, you know, she sees her husband uh, just standing on the street. And um, he's all screwed up looking, and he just doesn't know where he's at. He's shocked people can actually see him. And the story kind of unfolds from there. Also, Doug Jones is in this because Doug Jones is in everything. And uh, he plays an amazing three-minute person living under a bridge. (laughs) So uh, this movie is typical Mike Flanagan. Um, The reason why I fell in love with this in the first place is because of, uh, from what people know of, if they've seen Haunting of Hill House, they see the ghosts in the background, and they see, like, subtle things that will scare them. That's what I love about, about Mike Flanagan. And that's what this movie has. And that's what really introduced me to, uh, take movies seriously in a way like horror movies, because I always love a movie that, you know, does something new to try to scare you and catch you off guard. And there's scenes in this movie where the woman is seeing her husband because she's feeling guilt about moving on She's seeing his face in different areas of the house. And he's just like, it just pops up out of nowhere. He's just whispering things to her. You can't hear what he's saying, but his face is just there. And it'll always catch you off guard. It caught me off guard, even though when I knew uh, a couple scenes were coming from what I remember. And that's pure Mike Flanagan. And that's, man, I I can't really put into words how much I love his style from Uh, He just – he always carries on this unexpectedness of – I wouldn't even say there were jump scares because there's no sound. There's no, like, subtle music. There is sometimes, but they're done super well, and it doesn't insult the audience. It's not like the unholy where they're like booga booga at the the camera. You know, it's in the background, and he just – sometimes you can even miss it. But when you do catch it, you're like, holy shit. You know and it's that's a
2: creep factor isn't it it's not so much a jump scare but a creep factor you see something in the background that's just ominous
0: yeah but it's no use. Most, I mean, there are there are some jump scares in absentia um but you know it's mostly the creep factor and that's what i, I love about everything that this guy is doing i i, I just man this guy is on another level when it comes to horror filmmaking and that's why i respect him so much and if you like Mike Flanagan's later stuff, like you know Oculus, or if you like um, Haunting Hill House or Bly Manor or Midnight Mass or any of those mainstream, you know horror uh, projects that he's on, then you'll love his early stuff too, which is mm. you know, Absentia. And you know that's another thing too. This is he's made uh, shows for fucking Netflix, Haunting Hill House. I would never. In a million years, like anything, that went straight to Netflix. Like, love it, love it. You know, there's been a f- very rare examples of movies that went to Netflix. But in my head, it's like a made-for-TV movie. So it's I already lower my expectations. But Haunting Hill House, I would literally give a perfect time. That movie, that show is fucking great. And for a mainstream show like that, you know, to impact me like that, it just shows that it's a good director. And I would really, really recommend watching absentia it's on shutter i don't know what else it's on but i would just definitely go out and buy the movie it's got a very low uh budget feel to it it's very indie um but it's it it packs a punch when there is that creepy factor there
1: yeah that's awesome uh so i forgot to mention this earlier but speaking of uh haunting of hill house i actually started listening uh to the book on my way to work um, every day from uh, Shirley Jackson, and uh, I, yeah, just you mentioned in that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I was supposed to supposed to put that in my list earlier, and I did not. <laughs>
0: so I and mean, yeah, I mean, this I, I watched the original. I think it's just called The Haunting.
1: Yeah, the the '60s one, or you mean the remake? No, the the '60s one. Yeah,
0: and I didn't really care for it as much. I thought it would be creepier, but probably because it's the '60s, and you know, it's it's nothing. Super impactful.
1: Yeah, I can tell you the book is definitely uh, this the '60s version. Yeah, like the characters and all that. Obviously, if you watch the uh, the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, while the characters have the same names, they have very little to do with you know the story itself. Uh, actually just, you know, she actually has the book. <laughs>
0: she just walked in there. She's like, "I got the book." I'm like, "Oh,
1: <laughs> there you go." Oh
0: man. And, and right, real cool. quickly, real quickly, this um, I also watched uh Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker <laughs> last night. Um I'm not going to go into any like sort of huge review on it, but I I guess I have seen this before because I did rate it on IMDb and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> it's about an overprotective ant and has the best intro ever where she cuts the brakes off <laughs> this poor family's car. And then she just keeps the child because she's lonely. And, uh, yeah, she uh, she tries to rule his life. He, she doesn't want him to leave. He's, like, 17 years old. She thinks he's going to be going away to school. And um, she doesn't want him to go. So she plans a rape for herself just so the, the child can come in and stop it. And, uh, yeah, she's batshit insane. And so this movie came out in 1982 says Val, and uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. That's also on Shudder, I believe. Did we watch that on Shudder? Shudder? Yeah, Yeah, we watched that on Shudder as well. So uh, I would also recommend that one because it's got an over-the-top performance by the the actress in it. I can't remember her name, but she's a great psychopath. Mm. She fucking sucks, and she's manipulative, and she's great in it. And she really doesn't want her uh, her nephew that is doesn't want her nephew to leave the house. So she's insane, but she plays a great insane woman. So I would definitely also check that out when you get a chance.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to add that. I actually, I thought I owned that and I do not. I'm looking now. I'd be I'm shocked. That list of movies. Yeah. That's a weird one. That might've slipped by me somehow. Um, I'll let you guys get to midnight mass. I did watch one of the thing I wanted to briefly mention uh, just cause I finished it off this morning before we recorded um, and that's The Carpenter from 1988. Um, it's a, uh, a slasher movie starring Wings Hauser, um, who, he's been in a million TV shows back in the 80s and 90s. Um, Roseanne, Murder, She Wrote, 90210. Uh, he was also in the movies, uh, Mutant, Nightmare at Noon, Beastmaster 2, and most recently, Rubber. And I didn't even oh, realize God. he was in Rubber. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um... So, anyway, the, the the movie is a traditional, like, 80s-style slasher, basically. Uh, a couple moves into a house that needs to be, like, repaired, and there's, like, crews of contractors working on it. But, like, the woman wakes up in the middle of the night at, like, 2 in the morning, and there's a contractor still working on the house, and she doesn't flip the fuck out. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Like, there's a man in your house building things at 2 a.m., Um, so she never sees him during the day, only at night, uh, and not to spoil this, uh, ridiculous slasher from the 80s, but he's a ghost, uh, I think who was put to death for doing a bunch of murders way back in the day, and, um, the ghost, uh, is just, he's a physical guy, I guess, and dispatches, um, people that annoy the woman Uh. in hilarious manners, um, it's absolutely hysterical. The kills are fucking fantastic. I know I watched this once before, but maybe this version I'm watching is different. Like, I think I watched a VHS of this movie, um, but I, I recently just popped in a DVD that I had on my shelf for years, and, like, the kills are gory, and they're hysterical. There's one where this one guy uh, is trying to rape the wife, and, um wings hauser comes up the stairs and he's carrying like a, a circular saw you know uh in his hand and he grabs the guy's arm and saws off both of the guy's arms and he's like keep your hands to yourself <laughs> <laughs> and blood is just spurting out the guy doesn't scream he doesn't do anything he's just standing there with no arms um <laughs> there's so many great ones there's a bunch of dumb one-liners and i it's just, it was such a really stupid movie that I fucking laughed my ass off. Um, I don't know where you could find this. It's probably around somewhere. I bet it's on Tubi. Like, it's it's cheap and shitty, so it's probably on Tubi. Um, but yeah, The Carpenter, absolutely worth a watch if you're in for a really dumb slasher. So Awesome. Yeah. All right, you guys want to talk about Midnight Mass?
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, do you want to start, Mike?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so I, don't, uh, I know nothing about this show. I have not seen anything. I don't know what it's about at all.
0: So I'm going to also recommend you not visit spoilers or like either either turn down your audio when uh, <laughs> Shane's talking about it um, because I'm going to do the same thing because I don't want to be spoiled. And I would even think like episode three is a spoiler because I didn't even catch what was going to happen. Um So Midnight Mass Oh boy, this is this is hard to talk about without spoiling. But it starts off with a car accident. And some guy is sitting on the side of the road who's basically like the main character. And he's sitting on the side of the road and a guy is trying to patch him up because there's a you know, he just was in a horrible car accident, and there's a woman laying in front of him that the paramedics are trying to resuscitate, and he's out of it. and He's like, "Is she gonna be okay? Is she gonna be okay?" And the guy patching him up goes, "How come all the drunk fucks, you know, get to live their life, but uh, they take away the the good ones or something like that?" Oh, and yeah, and it's it's kind of known that he was drunk and he got into an accident who killed a woman. So he goes and he uh, gets sent to prison, and he comes back home, and now he's on an island. That's where he grew up. There's this—that's the 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 uh, area of the whole series. This all takes place on an island, and they could take ferries to the mainland and such. But um, yeah. So he gets back, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a new preacher. The, the old preacher went on a pilgrimage, and he never came back, and all of a sudden, this new preacher comes to town, and it's played by, I gotta say, I'm gonna put this out there right now, this fucking guy knocks every scene out of the park. I don't know where he's from, I don't. I, I don't know what else he's been in, but this guy as a preacher I get I'm getting goosebumps just talking about him right now because his acting is like his name is, his name is Hamish Linklater right and he's just, it's just it's like a, a 10 out of 10 this guy um he plays the perfect person <laughs> yeah I would like go to every one of his masses I don't go to church but I'd go to every single one if he actually existed in my life um yeah, but everyone's wondering where the old uh, Monsignor Pruitt, that's the old preacher of the, the town, and everyone's wondering where he was, and this new guy is like, oh, he's sick, you know, he's not coming back, the uh, the, the, the place they sent me here, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be your new preacher while he heals up. And in the meantime, you know, there's all these people that, are, that have been living the island life, and... You know they're used to like they're just fishermen and all these people with health problems and it's just a kind of not a not a poor town but like a you know a lower you know, just a fisherman town and uh, there's these side characters these these kids who are just teenagers and they kind of just go out and they kind of like smoke and they drink and these kids being like you know however old they are junior high high school kids and they see they go to this one place where it's like on the, the offshore of the island, and it's just has just all these cats there. And there's this ton of cats on the island, and they're kind of talking about how the cats came to be and such. And all of a sudden, they see these, these two little beady eyes, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they obviously go look back, and it's gone. And, uh, you know, the next, the next day, all these cats, they wash up on shore, and they're all, they all have bites being taken out of them. And all of these seagulls are all over the place. And but before that day, there's a horrible storm. And and the main character Riley, he actually sees Monsignor Pruitt. He sees the older, the guy who's supposed to be sick. He sees he sees them on a beach, and he goes to run after him. And this guy is supposed to be eighty years old when he's out running this younger, you know, guy. So you know he's trying to tell people like, hey, I saw I saw the preacher. He's he's out there, and they're like, no, you know he's eighty and he's sick, and the new preacher is like, no, that's impossible, and, and blah blah blah. So he you know the episode two, you know they lean into all these cats, they have all these bites taken out of them, and you know it's it's people. Some of the people think it's a sign of the end times and such, and other people just think it's it's nothing. And of course, season two starts off, or episode two starts off with this great ten-minute-long scene, which has no breaks in it, and I just kind of just fanboyed over because that's another Mike Flanagan type of thing, which I, you know, uh, love. Um, so they and they talk about it, and then you know, episode three, and four happens, and I can't really get into it without spoiling it after that. But it's it's something that I really did not see coming. And the yep. story is just insanely good. I'm only on episode five. There's seven episodes. By episode three, you're not going to want to know what happens. So it's 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 a limited series. You know, things happen kind of quickly, but every episode has this insane uh, cliffhanger that wants to, has, begs for you to watch the next one. So, yeah. I will take over
2: here. Um, basically, I binge-watched the whole season in one night. Are you doing spoilers? Not just yet. I'll let you know when I do those. But, yeah, I agree with Mike 100%. Um, This completely threw me for a loop. And it was... When he was talking about the, the two beady eyes with the kids on the beach, I kind of guessed what it might have been um and i was i was kind of right it was uh it was just the acting is superb um just hamish link as the priest as father paul is amazing um i was completely shocked to see henry thomas in this playing the dad of um, Riley completely shocked me. I was like, well, fucking hell. You know, I didn't expect to see that. Um, Mike Flanagan likes to reuse a lot of actors. Yeah, well, I kind of noticed that. It was, um, I mean, it's not for me. It was just like Midnight Mass. I didn't realize it was Mike Flanagan. I mean, you talk about Absentia and some of the other stuff that he's done. It's like I just didn't put two and two together. You know, I, I didn't realise it was Mike Flanagan. But, I mean, I'd, I'd seen a post about it. I thought, right, I'll give it a go, see what it's like. And I really, really loved this. It's very, it's Tarantino-esque in the sense of it's very talky. There's lots of long dialogue scenes, which are amazing and flawless. um, And it completely threw me for a loop when I was watching this and I just couldn't believe how amazing it was and how amazingly well done it was. And yeah, it's set on an island, it's very insula- it's very isolated island. I mean, obviously they take the boats, so they can go to the mainland. The character of Riley is an alcoholic, so he has to go to AA meetings off island. And then Father Paul basically says, Well I can set something up here. And because there's the the old drunk on the island who was responsible for um, paralysing a young girl on the island, and she was in, she's been in a wheelchair ever since this accident, where she got shot by this drunk. And it's basically he is he has a dog that um, like, is really adorable, like big stupid dog, you know, and it follows him everywhere. And there was a scene. I think it's episode four. Um,
1: it was Pike
2: yeah pike yeah Pike. the most stupidest dumbest dog ever but was so adorable um yeah where he gets poisoned and the guy just completely loses his shit um and you're trying to work out who it is who does it who poisons the dog but then going back and then you realize who actually is who did it um and i was just like wow that's that person is fucking evil you know it's like talking about bev the uh the woman in the church it's like is you have to be really really good at playing someone so fucking evil and she's like the most devout christian of the church and she like like just she moves heaven for this father paul she she adores him and all this kind of stuff and um it's just like the cliffhangers for each episode are really well done and it completely threw me when it all came to light what was happening i'm gonna go into spoilers now mike
0: all right well if you want just put your camera back on when you're done i'm gonna tone out Okay right.
2: anyway, um, yeah basically um, Father Paul has basically been traveling um, around and has come across a creature that he calls an angel. and essentially it's not an angel, it's a vampire. So basically, Father Paul has taken the blood from this vampire and he's been feeding it to his gospel, to his churchgoers. And it results in the paraplegic girl um, walking again, um, which shocks absolutely everybody because he knew that she could do it. So it's kind of like, yeah, I've given you the blood of Christ and you can walk again which she then does and basically all these ailments that people had had throughout the congregation are starting to be able to be normal live normal lives again like henry thomas's character has had bad back problems he can now finally dance and walk properly again and basically able to fuck his wife and all that kind of stuff so stuff that he couldn't do for years he's able to do again and it's kind of like knock-on effect throughout the entire community where they are able to um, do things they couldn't do before but they don't realize that they've actually been imbibing the blood of a vampire in the communion wine so it's um, it's definitely very very interesting how the turn of events happened because I mean when it Mike says he's up to episode six, right? At the end of episode five, um, I didn't see this coming. Basically, the guy of... uh, The character of Riley um, goes to his AA meeting with Father Paul. And he goes back... Father Paul says something to him because the guy, the town drunk, had started to go to the... um, Uh, it started to go to the AA meetings because basically after the girl has started walking again, she goes to visit him and basically gives him a piece of her mind and says, I hate you, but I forgive you for what you've done. And basically he then stops drinking completely, goes to the AA meetings. And it's basically after one of these AA meetings where this guy turns up Father Paul basically
1: goes to give Uh-oh. I, th- I think Shane just cut off. <laughs> oh, no. And Mike can't see Shane? Chaos. It's just me. Hmm. Well, I would love to continue this, um, but I did not watch any of it, so... 31. I just got kicked out. Yes, I, you did just get kicked out, Shane. <laughs> that was my internet. I'm sorry. That's all right. I can edit that back yeah, out well, like it didn't happen.
2: Okay. Same Are same you internet. guys done? No,
1: not quite, Mike. Shane lost his internet for a second. He got the boot. But,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, basically, it turns out that Father Paul um, but. has has become a vampire. And basically, he's starting to get hungry and kills the drunk guy. And Riley goes back to the church where he discovers that um, the creature, the vampire, is there with Father Paul. And then he attacks Riley and then it fades to black. And then it goes to episode six where basically Riley goes to see his friend Aaron, who he grew up with. To tell her what has happened and then it kind of goes in a spectacular fashion it goes spectacularly tits up Um, so basically what happens he takes her into a boat and they they row out into the sea um, further enough for him not to escape so he tells her the story she then says, right, so you've got me in a boat where I can't get out, and now I'm frightened. And then he basically says, no, I've brought you out here, so I can't escape. Then the sun comes up, and he disintegrates. She completely freaks out. She screams, and then goes back to the island, starts telling the other people. And then, you know, it, it's when the some of the people, the doctor um he's a bit dubious about it because the doctor has a mother who's quite elderly she's in her 80s she's got dementia quite bad but where she's been drinking this communion wine it's made her younger again and the the, the degenerative disease that she had has stopped and she's regained all her memories and she's been able to she's regained the ability to think and talk and act like a normal human being, but it's got to the stage where she's become so young. She's like look like looks like she's in her twenties again um, because she's been drinking the blood of this vampire. Um, then it was uh, basically the doctor, or basically the character of Erin. She starts off a series pregnant, and basically where she's been drinking the communion wine um the vampire the vampiric blood has basically killed the unborn baby and when she goes to get tests there is no baby it's gone as in she is as if she wasn't even pregnant um so basically the doctor sarah gunning played by annabeth gish she puts two and two together and realizes something's seriously not right Because her mother's been able to talk again, she can walk again, she can get up downstairs. And the young girl who can now walk again, and this woman who's like no longer pregnant, they all bandy together and to find out the truth of what is happening. And then basically it comes to light in episode seven that the congregate, the church leader, Father Paul, and the woman Bev are planning to turn the entire congregation into vampires and their plan is to basically take the boats and spread the gospel worldwide. So there's this small group of people that have basically come to the conclusion they cannot let this happen. And then episode seven is kind of like a scene... You know the overhead pan shots from 30 Days of Night when the vampires are attacking the town? It's like that. Mm. Where basically the whole congregation go out and start attacking all the townsfolk. And then it goes from there onwards. And the ending was amazing. The whole story, the way it wraps up, Everything about it was absolutely superb and the whole series itself, I would say is completely flawless. It's well worth watching. Absolutely superb. I give it a 10 out of 10 because there's not many TV shows or movies that I can sit there and watch and say that was a 10 out of 10, but that series, everything about it, the dialogue, the production, the direction, the scenes in it look beautiful. The acting is stunning. And there's the one character, Bev, who's part of the church, I absolutely hated because she played evil so well. But she's not intentionally evil, obviously, because, I mean, she's part of the – she's a Christian. So she is essentially doing God's work. But the way she does it, she's so evil, and you know she's got a sinister Mm -hmm. undertone about her. And the way she does it is superb, superb, superb superbly acted, throughout. It was great.
1: Awesome. You want to let Mike know that you can, uh, he, can he can join us back yeah. turned
2: Just turns my cam off. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll put my tits back in, in now, <laughs>
0: Mike. Are you good now?
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm suitably covered.
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I probably to piggyback off what you said, um, this is also spoilers. Brian, did you listen to that whole thing?
1: I, I was uh, reading a uh, Reddit uh, commentary on villains you want to bang. So, uh, kind of and kind of not. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, well, um, I'm just going to spend, like, one minute talking about it. I'll raise my hand when I'm done.
1: No, well, your camera's not on. So, yeah, well, you could, not on.
0: I, I, no, I'm saying in the app in Skype. You see how there's a little? I raise my hand. Oh, hey, on. I'm not, I'm not looking
1: at Skype. Okay, yeah. Oh uh, I've uh, uh, okay. never fucking seen that. Me <laughs> either.
0: <laughs> when you see me raising my hand, I'm done. Okay, so uh, yeah, to peek it back off what Shane said, probably I didn't listen to it, but. When episode three hit, and I kind of had a you know obviously everyone had a feeling that the new preacher was actually Monsignor Pruitt, you know, but the way he's talking about how he became where he is now was fucking awesome. He stumbles upon this cave, and you know he comes across what he thinks is an angel, and the whole based off of what where I'm at, all these people think that this fucking thing is an angel. And it's actually a fucking vampire. From this is where I'm, you know, where I'm at. So that's what I'm yeah. thinking. But it's just, it's so cool to me how it's done. In religious lore, they have an angel like that.
1: that's
0: really fucked up looking. Really? Yeah, I saw it on the IMDb trivia because I've never been to church. Like I've been to church five times. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh! Oh, oh my oh. god! <laughs> oh! What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was one of the the act the uh, the jump scares in this. It was an angel.
1: Val just had a jump oh, scare out of the off. room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's the fact that you know so they're rad. all, <laughs> yeah. That I got to wash up after that one. But uh, the fact that they're all you know, uh, uh, you know celebrating the fact that this they are thinking it's this angel that Val just said i guess it's in in the bible or in the lore of christianity that there's like a vampire thing is that what you said? I can look it up or quick. Oh, but uh yeah, it's just it's so interesting to me and it completely caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Some of that stink. Um <laughs> It completely caught me off guard. And it was just so well done. I didn't even think about that this could be about a vampire. Um, And now, you know, the Riley's got it. And that whole scene with him on the boat was done so well. That whole episode done so well. you ready? Yeah. Come here. Talk into the the thing more. Val's got trivia. Uh Uh-oh. Guest host. Here's Val. The angel shares traits with Aluka, a type of vampiric demon, Lucar first first mention in the Proverbs, same as the episode title is where it first appears. Ooh. You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah.
2: Uh, I was just reading that on IMDb, funnily enough.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if that's like it's something that's gonna happen. As I said, I'm only on episode five out of seven. Or I'm on episode six now out of seven. So I don't know if that's brought up or anything, but it's it's very cool and this whole fucking show is just God damn it, man. It's it's done so well. So far, I'm giving this like a perfect 10 for myself. I fucking love
2: it. Ironically, I just gave it the exact same score, Mike. Did you? Yeah.
0: Dude, like um, it's, it's just unreal. Like the acting is just perfect. These Those long dialogue scenes are written perfectly well. The long scenes where he just like just fucking throws a camera up. What the hell? Oh, that's uh I'm getting a call. Um he just throws the camera up and it just lets the actors do their thing and it's just done well. This whole show is done so damn well. I just I'm so glad I started watching it.
2: Mike, yeah. you're gonna love episode you're gonna love the last two episodes.
0: See, Val said that she didn't there was one thing she didn't tell me what, but there was one thing she didn't really care for in the last episode. But uh I'm she says most of the last episode she didn't like. Oh, okay. But other than that, I'm pretty, I'm uh, pretty excited. And you know, it's the Mike Flanagan doing this show, and how much I'm loving it, and how much I've loved his past movies. I obviously haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet. Still, um, I'm going to change that this month. But you know, it's just, this guy has done so many good things. It's it's kind of crazy to to realize how many solid movies this guy has done in shows. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for whatever he's working on next, but man, if you haven't seen midnight Mask, go watch it. All right. I'm going
1: to raise your hand. Well, for- you guys convinced me. I'm uh, definitely putting it on my list. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to get to it in October, but uh, I will watch it on November 1st. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. All right, fellas, let's wrap this up because I need to take a leak and take a shower. Yeah. I gotta go to work. And Mike needs to take a shower as well after that last fart.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm just gonna let it. I'm just gonna let it brood in there for a while.
1: <laughs> just stamp it out like when you drop a beer on a carpet.
0: Yeah. You ever take those shower shits and you just stomp it? What do they call that? You stomp it down the drain. Uh,
1: what was a waffle stomp waffle stomp.
0: Waffle stomp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it in Val's tub too. <laughs> it is not taller.
1: And the water won't be running.
0: No, I'm just gonna take a shit in her (laughs) (laughs) cup.
1: Hashtag Disney.
0: Hashtag
2: Hashtag Waffle Stomp Under Wraps.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck! Oh man, awesome! All right, I think we had a pretty good run on that one, boys. Um big episode lots of content lots of moves yes tons all right let's put this all together uh if you guys want to reach the podcast uh you can hit us up on gmail all you need is bloodpod at gmail.com our facebook group all you need is blood uh, if you want to reach me i am on twitter at ryan Tutelo on instagram all you need ryan I'm also on the upcoming horrormovies.com message board. You can find me there as well as uh, various other places like the uh, UHM Facebook group uh, also. Um, Mike, any contacts you want to give out? I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, the
0: All You Need Is Blood podcast Instagram, which I'm going to try to put up what we're all watching throughout the month um, just because I think it's kind of interesting and hopefully, you know, People let us know what they're watching as well. Yeah, that's that's half um, the fun. Uh, you
1: know, yeah, at what on, people are going I'm on the through. forum.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that is half the fun. I mean that's you know that's the whole point of this whole thing is what people are watching. I know I've discovered new things based off what people have posted. So hopefully this helps other people as well. So yeah, that's all my contact. Shane.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at RoboGin74. Um, the Facebook groups for all you need is blood podcast and Twitter um, at Dead Cell Society
1: alright excellent well fellas thanks for joining me today Shane a uh, very special thank you for putting up with the uh, the, the Disney movie screening and uh, ruining your sleep cycle just for it <laughs> yeah. give one for the team that really made up for you abandoning us for another uh, show <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: fuck you! Just fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! You know we got what we need, uh, Shane. Now, now we can put all of this uh, energy into that other show.
2: <laughs> yeah, which ironically enough, because I'm
1: only a guest on it,
2: I've only got a few episodes left for that to be.
1: Well, you'll have to post those when they go up, Shane.
2: Well, they are being posted like um, weekly, so because I think got, there's like two or three episodes a week.
1: Jesus Christ, um, could you imagine us doing that no <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I think because um, we're filming again I think it's next Saturday so um, next Saturday is going to be a busy day for me because I'm going over to Max's to film at like two o'clock in the afternoon then we're going film we're filming two episodes then the guys are coming back to mine we're gonna have a movie movie marathon
1: oh boy I'll be drunk all day next Saturday. Well, that's all right, then. (laughs) I have a wedding, so I'll be drunk all day, too. There you go.
2: Good for you. Where me, I will be sober and watching horror movies and cooking. And I still don't know what I'm going to
1: cook yet. Sounds like fun. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I'll just say bye for now. Bye. Laters. Oh, man, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good episode. I can't believe how much shit we covered in one episode, and it's only an hour and 47 minutes so far.
2: (laughs) That's actually good going for us.
1: And and Shane's internet broke, and he hopped right back on. Yeah. (laughs) I was all excited. I'm like, okay, he's done with spoilers now. Well, no,
2: the funny thing is, because obviously my internet just kicked me off. And I was midway through a conversation, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Skype refreshing? What the fuck is going on? And then it I, it comes back on a, like, join call. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and
1: then that was it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, was, like, no, it wasn't long, Shane. It was only, like, a minute or so. Not even.
2: Yeah, but even even so, it's still fucking annoying when you're sitting there, you're going off on a monologue, yeah, and then, <laughs> then you get cut out halfway through, and you think, fucking cunt, they kicked me off the fucking page. Mm.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go take a shit. I'm going for a slash. All right. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go
1: take a shit out of my gash. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> All right. Well, don't forget to stop it down. I'll catch you guys right, we'll next go. time. Hey, guys. Waffle <laughs>